Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Chelsea Hagel. say standing let's just worship Jesus to say you know three things that you're thankful to God for let's just begin to call them out because he's so worthy of all our praise let's just call out freedom mercy compassion like there's so many things that he's done in our lives deliverance let's just thank him thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah Oh, he just loves it when we just stop. We just set our attention on heaven and we just say, thank you, Jesus. He really loves it. He really loves it when we do that. Hallelujah. So grab your seat. Whew, how is everyone this morning? You did well. Like it's daylight savings and I know people were here a lot earlier, but I, I think it's a privilege to be here early. I love it. I love doing two services. I get... Amazing worship, honestly. Let's just give the worship band a hand. It's so beautiful. And um, that was Charity's first time emceeing as well. So you did amazing, Charity. Great job. Great job. Hallelujah. Awesome. So this morning, I'm going to be speaking about the power of one invitation. And um, just want to, you know, you guys see... Uh, you know, where I'm at today and you see that the work Dan and I are doing with Awakening and Fire Church and you see, you know, me up here really confident and, uh, you know, all, all the things that we, we've done, you know, that is glory to Jesus. That this is God's handiwork. <laughs> if what you see is, was from two very broken, smashed up people that God restored, that God redeemed the foolish things to confound the wise. And so, um, you know, I want to share, because you guys see one side of it, but you haven't seen the journey. You haven't seen the brokenness. You haven't seen where God brought me from. And so this morning, I want to share um, the backstory of before Jesus found me. <laughs> I didn't find him. He found me. Yeah. Praise God. So, um, so originally, uh, I was born here. And mum and dad divorced, and so she moved us all. I was at the age of seven, moved us to New Zealand. Um, so I can't get rid of the accent. I've been here for 22 years. And um, so if you're picking up a Kiwi accent, that's why, Or even though my dad's a Kiwi. It's funny because when I'm in New Zealand, people are like, you sound like an Australian, so I, I can't win. But that's okay. Praise God. Um, so I got born again at 15. Um, before then, it had been, you know, drinking and drugs. And, you know, we, we lived in New Zealand, and I just got caught up with the wrong crowd really early on in the piece. And so um, introduced to, to drugs and drinking and all that kind of stuff. There's a fair bit of trauma in my life from, you know, being uprooted from, from you know, the whole world I knew to just completely different country, no dad. Like, it was, it was very traumatic from a, from a young age. And um, anyway, I ended up getting born again at 15 and uh, went to church and got baptized and prayed for people and saw miracles and, um, you know, spoken tongues and all the stuff that you do at church. Um, but I really, when I look back, don't know if I ever knew him or not uh, because I got taken out by sin and offense. And so I just want to say to you, don't let the enemy get you off over here because of offense. 
When I was drinking at the pub, if someone offended me, I'd be there the next day. I didn't care. Do you know what I mean? But the enemy tries to bring offense and he tries to push people out. And I went down some very, very, very dark paths um, because of offense, because of sin that opened the door and then offense. And I ended up um, backsliding at 17. I ended up uh, thinking that all Christians were hypocrites. They're all liars. And uh, I hated Christians. I hated the church. And when you backslide, yes, you can lose your salvation. (laughs) When you backslide and you walk away from God and you open those doors to sin, it says when you first know him and you get delivered and you go back, that guess what? The devil comes back with his demons seven times worse. Yeah, living proof. And um, so I got taken out by a fence and, um, and, and taken away from the church. And, you know, the funny thing about backsliding is the enemy brings such darkness over your mind again. It's like you never, ever knew about Jesus. He just completely blackens your mind again. It's like you never even knew him or knew about him. You just have this intense hatred towards anything to do with God. And that's where I was at. Um, you know, I moved to um, back to Australia. I was seven months pregnant with my son. I was living a life over there, um, drinking all the time, on drugs, all that stuff. And I moved over here actually to get away from that lifestyle. You know, who knows that you know geographical location, the devil will still get you no matter where you move. And so anyway, I moved over here, cleaned up a bit, but ended up mixing with the wrong crowd, and I was drinking more than ever. Um, some really hard things happened to me, which I'm not going to go into today, but I ended up really, you know, just hating myself. I was a hardened atheist and um, suicidal, full of depression. I was on really high medication, um, you know, for depression, severe anxiety attacks. I couldn't even walk into a shopping center. You know, I'd walk into Frankston Shopping Center and two people would walk in the shop. I'd have to leave. I'd have full-blown panic attacks. And um, the enemy was just, you know, this is over years of just drinking and and drugs. And, um, you know, the enemy was really backing me into a corner. I had a lot of irrational fear. So I wouldn't go for a walk in case, oh, maybe a dog might bite me. Or, you know, I'm not going to go swimming in case a shark's there. And I just, my whole world was ruled by fear and tormenting of demons. Although I didn't know they were demons at the time. I thought it was just my self-talk because the enemy always uses I, right? So he would put this, this, um, this, this thing in my head, it'd be, I hate myself. I never spoke it out, but I would hear constantly, I hate myself. I'd be better off dead. Everyone would be better off without me. And he, he began to really sow in um, that side of, of suicide, you know, and, and, and with depression. And, and, and I was got to the point where I was drinking so much, you know, who knows with addiction that it starts off, it's you're in control, right? And it was like, this is the way I'm going to describe it. It was like dancing with the devil with a silk, you know, like a silk scarf. And it was like, I'm in control. I'm just having fun. This is, this is great. And, you know, years went by and I don't know at what point that, that scarf turned into a chain. And now that thing was my master. And I had no way out. 
I was tormented every day. I was shaking because I needed a drink. I hated myself. I hated the way that my life had become. My life was tormented. I couldn't sleep at night. I had insomnia. I'd drink till I'd pass out because I was having such horrific nightmares. And so I just, I was scared of dying, but I was scared of living. And I just, I was so full of fear. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to be on this planet anymore. My mindset was that, well, um, you know, this is hell on earth. And, you know, maybe I might get married and have kids and then I die. So I'm like, so I might as well knock myself off now because I'm knocking off the worst years of my life anyway. That was my mindset, right? And so I'm, I'm tormented and, um, you know, this is a place that I was in, but, but in the background, God was setting me up, right? And I want to I say this because there is many people in our community that are where I was. There are many people that are crying out to God even now that are they're living in these tormented places and there is no way out apart from Jesus. Because the Bible says without God, there is no hope in this world. None. Zero. Without Jesus. And um, so God was, uh, was, was setting me up for heaven to collide into my world. And, um, you know, God, God saw me in my struggles. And I remember one night I tried to commit suicide and it failed. Um, it had been numerous times I'd tried. And I was like, I'm so stupid. I can't even get off this stupid planet even if I wanted to. And I remember out of frustration saying, if you're real, you better reveal yourself because I'm out of here. And, um, and that's all I said, and, and nothing appeared to, to change too much, but who knows that God takes you at your word, and when you just open that door just a little bit, oh, he's there, right? He's been probably waiting there for years, just waiting for his opportunity. And, um, and anyway, so all of a sudden, <laughs> there were Christian tracks in my letterbox, there were Christians everywhere. And you, you got to remember, I hated Christians, man. I'm like, where are all these Christians coming from and telling me about Jesus? And, you know, I had, I had Christians in my life. They never confronted me about the sin I was in. They never, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, come to church. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you there. I had no intention of going to church. I was just mocking them. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, see you Sunday, you know. Um, and, you know, it was, it's just amazing. And so... You know, things were, were happening really, really quickly and rapidly. You know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His first option over your life is to kill you. If he can't do that, he'll steal and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. And so I just want to share a couple of really significant things that happened in this backstory because I tell you, the power of the seed of the Word of God, even if you only get 30 seconds with someone, even if you only get one minute, even if you get a five-minute conversation, don't underestimate the power of what you just said because God is going to bring the increase on that seed. And so I was... Um, I was at St Kilda Festival this time and I was blind drunk. I'd drunk. I was drinking like vodka and chartreuse. Like I, I wasn't just like a beer drinker, man. I was like on it, you know. And um, anyway, I ended up, uh, ended up on the beach. I couldn't drive home. I was, I was plastered. And my brother's girlfriend at the time, she had a big argument and locked me out of the house. So I ended up on the, uh, at, 
night on the beach with a whole bunch of Christians. I'm like, this is the worst day of my life. I'd actually rather get in my car, drive home and die than stay with these crazy people. And um, <laughs> it's so funny. I look back now, I just I laugh. I'm like, you're funny, God. And um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's funny. Anyway, I remember challenging this one guy. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I'll have a bit of fun here because I'm stuck here anyway. And um, so I just, you know, I was mocking this guy and I'm like, well, what makes you think you've got the right God? Everyone says they've found something and their life's better. And, you know, and I started mocking him and I remember the conviction of the way that he said this. And he said to me, I've found Jesus. I know that he's real. I found him in my bedroom and I suggest that you find him too. And the conviction, the way that he said it shut me down. It just stopped me from mocking this guy. And he wouldn't even know to this day what that seed has done that God has brought the increase on and what we're even doing now. He won't even know till the other side of heaven. So can I encourage you, even he didn't see a harvest. He didn't see me go, oh yeah, that's true, mate. Let me give my heart to Jesus. He didn't see any of that. He saw an angry, drunk atheist. So never underestimate power of those words, even if God brings increase in 20 years, his word never comes back void. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. We're seed sowers, morning, noon, and night. You don't know what's going to come up. You don't know what's going to come up. There were so many people that were part of this journey. And um, so then, you know, it was interesting the way that God crashed in. So I was really depressed at this point, you know, really, really struggling. And a friend drove me to a local church because she was seeing this amazing new counsellor. And um, when I walked into the church, I'm like, I said to her straight away, I said, I've already heard this Jesus stuff. Don't preach me. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about Jesus. I'm just here for counselling. That's it. And so <laughs> I would sit and I'd just wait for her. It was a, she, would, she told me later, she'd deliberately leave me out there with the worship music on. Don't underestimate the power of worship because words couldn't get to me. But I remember hearing the worship music and it would just get to my heart just a little bit. Just soften my heart just a little bit. And... Um, yeah, it's so funny. It was actually Frankston AOG. They're still Connect Church. And it's just, just amazing, just all those little seeds. And, um, and, and, this, the, so, and this, this is the next biggest seed. So I um, was a single mom. I had my little boy, and uh, he wanted to have a play date with a kid from school. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I went around there, and uh, the mum and dad are there. And the dad asked me a question. He says, do you believe in evolution or creation? And I'm like, oh, here we go, you know. I said, evolution, mate, you know, religion, what a load of garbage, it's all rubbish. And he, he jumps up and he, he starts yelling at me and he says, you're wrong. And if you don't turn around, you're going to burn in hell. And I'm just like, oh, like, what is this guy on? Like, I'm like, Reese, get out of there. I'm trying to get my son out. He's just like looking at me playing with the car, goes back and, and this guy's just banging on about Jesus. I'm just like, oh God, just, anyway, we left there and I was so angry. Oh man, I'm like, how dare that man judge me? You don't even know me. Who do you think you are, right? Two weeks of just it was the spiritual sword. It was the Jesus that I needed to hear because I was heading to hell and Jesus loved me enough to say, stop. 
And that spiritual sword went into my heart and all I could hear for those two weeks, turn around or you're going to go to hell. Turn around or you're going to go to hell. And it drove me mad. It drove me mad. It was the only voice I could hear. And so I was like, all right, you know, there's Christians everywhere. And so I thought, all right, all right, all right, I'll go to a church. So <laughs> I wander I wander into this church and... Um, you know, they're doing all their like weird kind of Catholic stuff and it was weird, you know, there's just people like, there's no one under 150 there, you know, like it, it's, it's just, I'm like, wow, this is so awkward and weird and, um, you know, not having a crack at Catholics, there's some amazing charismatic Catholics and, and so I'm sitting there and they're passing this plate round and doing all this weird stuff and I'm just like, stuff it, man, I'm going back to the pub. So, um, so I left there. And uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. God's funny. He's got a very funny sense of humor. And um, so I am really grateful for my husband because it was the power of one invitation that changed my whole life. And um, I, I knew of Dan. I used to go and sit in the pub in Flanagan's and Frankston. Funny that he's got us to plant a church here because we get to go back in to the community and pull people out for Jesus. There's pastors sitting in those pubs. There's apostolic people sitting in those pubs. There's teachers and evangelists sitting in those pubs. Oh, hallelujah. I love how God does that. And um, so I didn't really know him. I hadn't met him. I've, I'd, I'd heard six months prior that he'd got born again. But then I'd go and watch him play because I liked his music. And he'd be talking about Jesus and then swearing in the next sentence. And I'm like, yeah, it's hypocrite, man. Like... Um, and anyway, this one particular um, time, so I'd gone to the church, I was like, stuff, I'm going to the pub. And um, so we ended up walking up to the bar at the same time. And um, he said, how are you going? I said, I'm good. I'm on a mission to find God. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, um, can I get your number and we'll go and have a coffee? And so at this point, I'd had some really bad experiences with men, and I hated them. I didn't, whatever. I would deliberately give males my wrong phone number. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can have my number. And I'd deliberately give them the wrong number, because I just want to be left alone. I just wanted to drink, hear the music, go home. That's it. And um, anyway, I ended up giving him my right number, which was a miracle in itself. And um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, you know. Before, before that, Dan would play a song in the pub, Hallelujah. It's a worldly song. It's on Shrek. And the atmosphere would change. I didn't know what it was. But I would literally feel the atmosphere in the pub change when he'd sing this song. It was, I, I, couldn't, I didn't understand at that point. Um, and anyway, so Dan, Dan rings me like four days later. And um, he says, oh, hey, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, like, how did this happen? And so he said to me, oh, do you want to come to church? I'm like, church? Like, you know, I didn't say that. I'm like, no, no one's going to drag me to church, you know. I'm like, oh, um, oh, what time is it? And he said, oh, it's at 10. I was like, oh, you know, quick thinking. I'm like, oh, man, how do I get out of this? And I said, oh, that's a shame it's at 10. If it was that night, I could have come. And he said, oh, there's one at night as well. And now I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, no. I've lied to a Christian now, and now I'm backed into a corner. Like, I'm like, oh, God. 
God, like, how do I do this? So 99.9% of me was like, I am never going to forget it, man. I I am not. But there was 0.1% that I was like, you've lived your life the way that you want to live it, the way that you've done everything that you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, and it's nearly killed you. What if? And so, you know, I was at that point where it's either Jesus or I die. I, I was done with this life, man, done. And so anyway, I, um, I was like, okay. So anyway, I rock up at this church. I've got cigarettes. I'm like shaking. There's all these shiny, happy people trying to hug me. And I'm, I'm just like, what are these people on? Like, stop. Why are you? Like, it was just so confronting and, and, and really scary. And um, the devil's in one ear going, run, get out of here. You shouldn't have come here, you know. And, and then the other part of me is, you know, like sitting at the back and I'm, you know, got my hands clenched like on the chair and all these people, and I just started to weep. I just started to cry. Tears pouring down my face. I couldn't stop. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Like, you know, and I heard the Holy Spirit, right? I'm now 27. I backslid when I was 17. I hear the Holy Spirit for the first time again in 10 years. He says, welcome home. You've been gone for 10 years. And I was like, 10 years, God. You know, when you're in sin, that time goes so quick. And I thank God for his mercy because if I died in any of that timeline, I was in such severe sin, I would have gone straight to hell. I thank God for his mercy over my life. I thank God for his mercy. And anyway, they did an altar call and I was like, nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not getting caught up in this emotion and all this stuff. And I said to God, if I choose to come to you, then I'll give you every day of my life. I will not be a hypocrite. I'll give you every single day of my life that you grace me with on this earth. And uh, I thought about it. I'm like, I'm not doing this. This will be, I'm either in or I'm, I'm not. That was my life. I'm either, I'm 100% or I'm nothing. And, and, and so it was with Jesus. And so two days later, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this. And so I went back to my counselor in the church And I said, I want to give my life to Jesus. And she'd been praying for me. Praise God. And so I say this prayer and nothing happened. Like nothing appeared to happen. I'm like, you know, like at least like a party, you know, sound or something. Like there was no change. There was no feeling. There was nothing. I'm like, oh, that was the most uneventful thing in my life, you know. So um, but it was just weird. Like nothing, nothing seemed to change. And then uh, Dan invited me to another church two days later and uh, this lady was in the middle of a service and she stopped the whole service and she began to prophesy over my life. This lady prophesied for probably 40, 45 minutes of only stuff God could know, places where I were, things that I would even think in my head that I'd never even voiced. Like it was unbelievable and it led me into an encounter and I just, I fell on the floor and I just wept and I wept and I wept and I met Jesus and I just, I fell in love with him. I was like, wow, God, you're nothing like people say that you are. 
He's, I can't even, there's no words that can articulate how beautiful Jesus is. And as I lay there, he showed me my life. He showed me all the times he'd come to me, even in my childhood. My life has been interwoven with Jesus the whole way. Whether I've known it or not, whether I've recognised that it was Jesus or not. And he showed me all the times he'd come to me and all the times I'd rejected him. He showed me every thought, every motivation, even the things that I thought that I did were good. He showed me with a motivation of selfishness. There was nothing hidden before God. And you know that verse where it says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? Because you know, you're, you, you know that scripture where it says, our sin, like, we're like filthy rags. And I realized that nothing I had done in my life for that 27 years was any good. And I started to back away from Jesus. And I wanted to get away from myself. I'm like, I'm so evil, God. I've done so much wrong. And the more love came. And the more mercy came. And the more compassion came. And I just wept and I wept and I wept. And I said, God, if you can do anything with this life, you've got to understand I was coming to God. I didn't feel like I had anything to even give him. If you can make something beautiful of my life, then more power to you, God. And I think about the power of that one invitation. Praise God for Daniel Hagen. (laughs) Praise God for the power of that one invitation, how my story became his story. And what you see here is God's mighty handiwork. And, you know, it's been hard. It's not easy following Jesus. But when you have an encounter like that and you know that he's real, it doesn't matter what people do. It doesn't matter how people treat you. It doesn't matter because you know that he's real. Dan and I have walked through hell. We've walked through criticism. We've walked through, you know, people being offended. We've walked through so many things, but I know He's real. No one has to tell me to come to church. I know He's real. I know He's real. So despite all the hard stuff, I know He's real. I don't have anywhere else to go. You have the words of life eternal. You know, if you're in that place where you're really broken and you're really hurting and you you were like me in that place where, God, I'm so far behind the eight ball. God, I'm not qualified. God, I'm not good enough. God's not finished with you yet. That your life is significant. That every seed that you plant is significant. That your life matters, that God handcrafted your life before the foundations of the earth. That it's not an accident that you're even sitting here today. It's the power of the gospel. And I look what he's done in my life. Only God can do this. I looked everywhere. I went to other religions. I did meditation. I tried to self-help. Just, hey, throw the self-help books out. You can't help yourself. Only Jesus can pull us from places like that. And it's only Jesus that I've seen lasting fruit from. Everything else, I'd, yeah, I'd go good for a bit and revert straight back to the way I was. Not with Jesus. 
And I just made a decision, God, I said, come hell or high water, I will hold on to you and I will never let you go. And so no matter what comes, the devil comes and he knocks me down. I'm like, I'm back up again, devil. And he comes and he knocks me down. I'm back up again, devil. Because no devil in hell is taking what my God has given me. That gift, that power of salvation. And it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. What it means, what it does matter is whether you get back up again. And I feel prophetically there's people that have been knocked down and knocked down. And God's saying to you today, get back up again. Give it another go. It's not over. It's not finished. It's not finished. Because God weaves a story of redemption and hope and restoration. And I'm living proof that following Jesus works. I look at what He's done in my life. It's exceedingly abundantly above all I asked or even thought possible. You know, from a single mum, broken, busted up, man, no hope, on my way to hell, ready to commit suicide. You know, and he's added a beautiful husband, my children, like he's just restored my life. He's healed my broken heart. It says he gives us beauty for ashes. When you give him your ashes, he does the great exchange and gives you beauty. When you give him mourning, he does the great exchange and gives you the oil of joy. That's who He is. Where there's death, He brings life. Where there's brokenness, He brings hope. Where there's chaos, there's peace. And regardless of whether Jesus blessed me at all, ever in my life again, I would have done it on my own. I'm like, Jesus, I know you're real. I don't care. You've blessed me enough just for you to pull me out of those places of torment that I can live another way. God, I didn't even know I could wake up with joy in my heart. I didn't know I could wake up not depressed. I didn't know that I could live without drinking. And there's people in our communities everywhere that need the power of one invitation. And so we've got Des Chettle. He's coming in two weeks. He's an evangelist from the, from the gutter to glory. And so our ushers are going to come and bring you one of these because you don't know the power of one invitation that you can give out, that you can be part of changing someone else's history, someone else's generational line. Because not only was my life changed from that one encounter, but my children's lives are changed and my children's children's lives will be changed. Don't underestimate the power of one invitation. You know, God doesn't need the most learned. He doesn't need the most eloquent speaker. He doesn't need any of that stuff. What He needs is people that will just say yes. People that are willing and available just to sow seeds, to speak to people, to tell them about the glory and the testimony of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know there's nothing better than living clean with a clear and pure and holy conscience before God? You know, before I was born again, I had so many failed relationships. It was an absolute train wreck, you know. But today I've been married for, you know, um, March next year. Dan and I have been married for 12 years. You know, God is a God of restoration. It doesn't matter what your life looks like right now. It doesn't matter how hard it's been. God is going to restore your life just like He has mine. And He's not even finished with mine yet. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. And so all that anxiety, that fear that He supernaturally delivered me from alcohol, from depression. As you walk with Him, it's not a, it's not a, you know, a quick fix. Don't expect Jesus to be a quick fix. It took me 27 years of serving the devil to get to the place where I was. At least give Jesus that amount of time to fix that. He's looking over your whole life journey. And so we've got to stay with Jesus. We've got to stay on the narrow path that leads to life. Amen. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.